Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is an artist-to-artist interview podcast where we talk to our friends about life, music, and everything in between. Most of the time, we're artists ourselves, a duo called Sleeping Lion. But we started this podcast to dive deeper into what it means to be an artist and creative. If you're a fan of us, our podcast, or our community, feel free to join our Discord at sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord. Now on with the show. We recorded this episode with our longtime friend, Emmeline. I first met Emmeline in the fall of 2017, shortly after we both had moved to Los Angeles. We hit it off immediately, and we've been friends ever since. I was one of her first friends out here, and she was one of mine. We recorded this following the release of her second viral hit, Cinderella's Dead. An artist with a mission who's already changed lives by finding her voice and using it for empowerment. Emmeline is a once-in-a-generation artist that we've been lucky enough to watch grow. And after talking about it since the start of this podcast, we're so glad to finally have her on this show. So, without further ado. I'm Emmeline, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hi. Hello. We're finally here. <laughs> finally. <laughs> We've been talking about doing this for literally years. Yeah. Years. Since it was a twinkle in our eye. Wait, when did you guys start this podcast? 2019. Yeah. And I don't think I had music out when you started this. I don't and think I so. really, than, like, really hush. wanted to be on it. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess I should release a song. I feel like when it, whenever you release music, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> Only took me three years. Yeah, you know. And then, you know, you're doing okay. Yeah, you're doing all right. The song's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's just nice to finally, like, I was saying to Noah, like, there are people that, that were on the original list of who I wanted on the podcast, like, from 2019. Mm-hmm. With little caveats of, like, when they put out music or, like, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And you've been there from the, from the start. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. For like anybody, you know, listening, like, we have known each other for a very long time. Yeah. You were one of my first friends Me out too. here. We should dive in that story maybe yeah. first. Because you're, you're from Rhode Island. I'm from Rhode Island. I moved here in 2017, a week after I graduated high school. That'll do it. Yeah. And I was like, I am going to go to the big city. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you were living in a big old creative house. I was. Too. Like, with 30 people. Oh my God. Was that's it the hype house? No. No. It was like, <laughs> there was a lot of, I don't know, I was 18 and I had like 40 year old men roommates. Like it, I, yeah. there, it was definitely like slightly illegal, but also made for a great origin story. Yeah. And I can't believe I stayed there for eight months. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of like, you're writing a saw ton it all. Though, still. <laughs> Oh, like, I was. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that was that was what I remembered is just that you like had this little studio in the back and you just like right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, and you did Vine for a bit too, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, uh, that probably helped with like some of the TikTok stuff moving. You yeah, know, having that little part of your brain. Totally. I think that's actually why I moved into the house is because my friend from Vine, who was the only person in LA I knew, lived there. Yeah, we had some good times there, some bad times there. You introduced uh, me to Kira, which is how, yeah. like, you know, this incredible friendship, yeah, um, quarantine pod, everything blossomed I as well. Yeah. I didn't even like because you guys are so close. I mean, yeah, but you were the that the makes me spark. so so happy. She was 
Emline's friend Kira right. from time. Vine. Really I knew her from Vine yeah. when we were both fourteen. I think we were both like bullied right. in, uh, during that time, and we would message each other, and we were both just like so nice. Yeah, <laughs> like why are you so nice? Why are you so nice? Like everyone else is mean. <laughs> well, there's the time flies connection too. Like I yeah. knew Cal because my uncle gave him voice lessons. So insane, you know. And and then you know you and Rez yeah. obviously worked together. You and I even maybe tried to see Kira once, and like. It was sold out, so we got pizza. Or like oh it was my just like God. Just, uh, yeah, but just, like that feels like a dream. Like that was so, so long, long ago. ago. I don't even know why I was there that night when I met you. I think I came alone because. Well, so we met at Haley Knox's show at the Roxy. Yes, yes. I knew Haley because actually I didn't know Haley. I knew her from Vine. I don't know why I know everyone from there. Um, Haley was from my hometown. And oh, she crazy. like had cast this, even though she was younger than me, she cast this like really big shadow. Like whenever I play an open mic or something, it'd be like, you're good. You're not Haley Knox good, but you're good. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, oh, she's every, amazing. you know, she would be playing these like bigger shows or just like, I mean, in retrospect, it was like bigger farmers markets, mm-hmm. but I mean, I had never met, but I knew of her because like my hometown's tiny. Mm-hmm. And so she was playing the Roxy and I went by myself as well. And I met her. We went to the green room. We all were in the green room. It was yeah, you and me. Yeah, there's a picture. <laughs> yeah. There and a- even the people in that picture, like, came to my show last night. Like, oh, my I've, God. Was the- birthday there? Yeah. Well, Duran is in, Duran. like, the woods right now making art. But Good for him. <laughs> which yeah. is, you know, you got to do it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, there was, like, a was few Haley others there? from the... I don't know. Is she, is she in L.A. right now? She just moved, she, Yeah, think. she moved yeah. recently. Oh, my God. I love yeah. when people move to L.A. Mm. I'm like, yeah. I need to adopt you. I bumped into her at... What show was... Oh, it was Maggie's show. Was oh, yeah. Show. Well, because that's how we know Maggie was because of Haley. But, yeah, so Haley Knox, <laughs> we, we wound up writing with her and everything like that. But you and I meet at the Roxy show mm-hmm. in the green room. I was living with a family friend of Noah's very far away. Like by the airport, you were living in this house. Yeah. We both just like didn't want to go home. Yeah. So we wound up staying out until like five in the morning. I totally forgot about this. But now I remember. That was it the vividly. first time we literally ever hung out. That's crazy. I mean, there are situations that I have put myself in where I'm like, girl, <laughs> don't just randomly meet men and like go in their car. And like, I feel like I'm pretty unassuming, though. Like I. I feel like I wasn't necessarily giving off. We were talking no, about- No, we like, have mutual friends. So I was yeah. like, it's fine. We I will probably not get like, killed. We were people we were interested in. Yeah, yeah. Like to each other. Yeah, I literally distinctly remember being like, so I'm in love with two people at once and yes. I don't know what to do about yes. it. And I, and I asked out the waitress, remember? And I should have not dated either of them. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I, I, asked, I asked out the waitress. Which one? None, girl. Oh my God, remember? I remember that. Yeah, the, the oh fast talking waitress. God. I wound up asking her out. Uh, she, gave and me, then, she left your number on the on the receipt. That was cute. And then <laughs> you drove me home to my artist's house. I literally think the sun was like about to come out. And we wound up staying outside. We played each other music. All the demos. For like literally even voice memos. Like we played each other. Just everything. All of the music possible in our phone, like back and forth. And I don't think I hadn't done that with someone in a really long time. Like I feel like there was a lot of people in the house I was living in that like, I didn't totally connect with or like we were just in different phases of life. And it was just like nice to have like a moment where you were like, whoa, your stuff is inspiring me. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you will be inspired by this. And I want to be inspired by that. And it was just like, that is such a beautiful thing when you're a creator and like you want to play someone something because yeah. you know why they're special. Yeah. And you want to like share that piece of you. So often when people share music, especially out here, they're not showing it so that the other person can connect with it. They're showing it 
for their own kind of ego. And what mm-hmm. I loved about like, and I remember it still, what I loved about being like outside your house, just playing music back and forth was that like, I genuinely felt like you were showing me like, this is the kind of pop that is kind of being made out here. Or I'm trying to bring out mm-hmm. here and everything like that. And I'm like, this is the kind of weird shit that like we're trying to push, mm-hmm. you know, it was less about like our egos and more just like, Almost like this, I don't know, there was a lot of love and like, for lack of a better word, like education almost. Yeah. It was like us sort of teaching each other the styles. Yeah, you know? I also think like some artists like aren't totally creative director brains. Mm. And I think we were coming at it like we were listening and like hearing it for the art, but also like from the, the business brain. And the business, yeah. yeah. And being like, and also I think we at that point in time kind of had like baby versions of what we're both doing now. Yeah, yeah and definitely. And like, I remember being like, well, I want to make this, but like, it's not quite there yet. And like, you know, I'm working with people who don't totally see me yet. And that just, you know, now my music is out and people love it because I did that every single day for five years. You know, actually yesterday was my five year anniversary of living in LA and I played my first show yesterday. So it felt very like, oh my God, like I had chills thinking about like, I always get these like full circle moments and they just feel like a reward, you know? Yes, it is right now. Like so crazy. I also feel like that part of the journey where you're like, you're making music that isn't fully cooked yet is such an underappreciated part Mm -hmm. of the journey because we all we ever see in pop culture is fully formed artists and that's who we're always comparing ourselves to when we're like making music and like trying to come up with your creative vision but you can't you can't compare something that's half baked to something that's like fully fully done and that's something that i I really like respect about what you wound up doing with your artist project but also that i cannot imagine how like teeth gnashingly challenging it was to hold on to music as long mm. as you did to develop as long as how you did. did i do that <laughs> like to you were touring with like working with other bands and writing with other groups and like your friends putting out stuff and then of course you get the last laugh like because you, when you mm. finally were ready to put out stuff it of course no surprise does incredible oh but you know i mean that's the thing is like we we've been putting out stuff like regularly but we also had like the growing pains and the development mm. happening so publicly and even like by the time we got to la we had been publicly developing. So it didn't make sense for us to be like, okay, now time to go back to the drawing board. Now time to develop because we'd already been doing that. But like, if we could maybe do it all again, we would maybe just put our heads down for three years, yeah, make something that we were really, really, you know, proud of and was our sound and then, you know, put it out. So I just, I respect that because yeah. I know even just from working with my partner with Jess, Bashlow, you know, mm-hmm, how hard it is to hold on to music. Yeah, you know? I think it's really easy to get frustrated. It's really easy to quit at that point. And like, it's really easy to beat yourself up. And I always like had this feeling that when I was ready, I was going to know. Mm-hmm. And it's risky business being a perfectionist, I think. Mm-hmm. And I definitely am a perfectionist. I think that's actually where TikTok helped me kind of release some of that because the, the just, culture of yeah. the industry shifted so much because it stopped being this like mute every song on your story. It was just kind of like leak every demo you've yeah. ever written culture. And it's led to so many like accidental moments and like things that completely change lives. And yeah, I think it's really interesting. And that's really hard for a lot of artists who have broken on TikTok, I think, to have these like massive moments right in the beginning and then the growing pains are public. Yeah. So it's not like they have like inched their way up 
and not to say that my music isn't like doing crazy, but it's I haven't had like a hundred million yet. I've been doing like I've have 10, 10, 20, and I've been dropping these. And I'm really like grateful for the way that I've been able to build that slowly. You know, I'm not I don't want a premature hit. You know, I really and it's it's a very like tactful thing. And I think I've started to understand my own audience on TikTok and like figure out what works for me. And I think it's different for every artist, but like to be able to like do it again and again and again, like how do you change the angle based on the song? How do you create a trend? Like how do you put your brain and like really find like every possibility and try everything and post all the time. And and it's crazy because I, I really didn't post anything at all for so many years. And I do love some of the music I made. Sometimes I do regret a little bit not putting out certain songs But now it's just so clear who I am that like it's okay to release some of that. And the fact that it never graced the earth is okay because like now I'm this like woman who has been through it personally. I think that's, you know, you have to kind of go through it personally to get there in your music too. Personally, I, you know, found who I was and I'm grateful that I can open my story with this like crafted narrative. What I find so interesting about and like I don't know it just like it works so perfectly is that even going back as far as like Hush mm-hmm. and like what was it called Your Girl or what was oh yeah I never released that no, one I know, but what You was My that? Girl You're My Girl yeah so like even going back to that <laughs> like your songs your early songs like pre what your project is now mm-hmm. from the jump you were writing songs about gender dynamics mm-hmm. queer dynamics yeah. songs that aren't like low calories, like songs that are about something that connect to a story and usually has some kind of message about these heavy topics. And I think that what's so fitting is that, well, one, you're also just an infectious personality. Like anytime we've hung out, anytime you hang out with anybody, it's a party. Like <laughs> with no vacancy, we're dancing. Like, yes, you know, we it's, are. It's just, that's just how it's been for as long as I've known you. If we hang out, mm. we're out at a diner until two in the morning. Like yeah. we have literally done that yeah. like multiple times. <laughs> but what I love is that like the thing that caught was not just flowers and sex. It was you just being you, happy, excited about what you make. Um, which you've always, I mean, when you are happy, yeah. excited, you are able to express that so genuinely and that connects. And then on top of that, you found this platform where this it's not just that you're putting out these songs, it's that you can talk about the message behind these songs. You can create branding and content around that message. And then people, like you're seeing with Cinderella, mm-hmm. people can connect and use those songs to tell their stories. So I'm glad that you didn't have a hit back pre-TikTok or whatever, because you now get to use TikTok and other people get to use TikTok to let your story have room to breathe and for other people to use your music to tell their stories. I think that's awesome. It's incredible. It's like this <laughs> ripple and of like, you know, it just keeps going and going. And I just saw you get like inspired. Like I just yeah. saw, or like, I, not that I was inspired, but I just saw you. You were. Like, well, I just, no, I, I just saw like you... You are one of the hardest working people I know. You're always thinking about what's next, always planning whatever. I think for the first time in a while, I just saw you uh, reflect on, yeah. on all you've done. Like that oh, that makes me happy. I know? cried a little bit on stage yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I, 
Yeah, I will cry again. I I love to cry, but um, <laughs> we've cried together. Yeah, quite a lot. You know, that's, most people have yeah. cried with me. I don't know. I feel like I like to be like a safe space for people to yeah. to be able to feel things. I think like my music is my outlet for that. You know, and even without me like leading the like everybody share your videos of when you weren't happy and then when you were like it's crazy that all my songs have sort of led to a similar like people wanting to share a specific story. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like the underlying messages in my music of what I went through, even if I don't explicitly talk about or I haven't really yet told like all of the depth to my story. It's really cool that it has reached that even in the way that the trends have happened. Right. And I I really do get a message every day of someone saying like, I divorced my husband because of you. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah, my mom. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) my mom too. I say that in a song. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, That's not awesome. Sorry for your divorce. No, I think everybody should say congratulations. Congratulations. You know, you're making a change that you need to make. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sure divorce sucks ass, but like, I mean, I remember people are moving on. I I quit my last like real job that wasn't in a creative field after listening to a song. Like sometimes it really does take a song to just like kick your ass a little bit you incredible know? like music man <laughs> the, the, the Soulsbury Hill cover by Lido that oh was, my god that was what, it, what did it Love for me Lido. um no it just yeah it's just so nice to like have you here Em because it's like we have like for each other have just been there for each other throughout all of this like mm. chaotic LA stuff like we've been professional dot connectors we've been um personal matchmakers mm-hmm. for each other we've I was your keyboardist Oh, yeah. For a day. Oh, my uh, God. I was that was manager. like the only ever like show I've ever played besides At, uh, yesterday. Los Globos? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was your manager for a week. For a week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was good. Killed week. that. That was a fun week. Yeah. <laughs> I believe my only like advice was uh, was do things on your terms, wasn't it? I definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's good advice. As an artist, I feel like you have to just make sure everything comes from you and that your team understands that yeah well we've been shoulders to cry on too like i think you've seen some of my toughest moments like i've we've grown so much i mean i think that when we met we were really kids i'm older than you so there was like the little bit of like big brother Mm -hmm. protectiveness like stuff but we i was still 21 or whatever when i came out here we really have in the last five years, like I feel like we've grown and I'm, I'm just reflecting on all of it. I'm I'm verklempt. That's the Yiddish for it. I'm very, like, <laughs> in my feelings about just how cool it's been to just like watch somebody grow like oh, that, you know? It's so beautiful. I, I do think it's super important to like just like stop the hustle for a second right. and like be grateful. Right now, like, it's been a really crazy time. Like, even coming here, I was like, okay, so I have to pause and do an interview and then I have a shoot and then I have to do this thing. Like, I'm so grateful. Like, I used to book myself out with random people in Instagram DMs and, like, the fact that I... Yeah. <laughs> the fact that I have, like, vetted people right. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I don't know how I survived anything, but... Well, because you're... I mean, you're a fighter, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... You don't take shit. Like you can play the game, but you also just don't take shit. And that's something that like I appreciate. It's something that like I make sure to always do right by you and also make sure that any of our mutual friends does fucking right Mm -hmm. by you. Because I mean, other than just like being deserving of it, like you will be the first to say 
when something isn't in your vision or when something, you know, a line is being crossed or something like that. I respect the fuck out of that. Which I don't think I was always like that at all. I think like that's kind of hard earned something I had to develop. And I always like had it on the inside. It was very difficult for me to stand up for myself for a while. And then it was just a muscle. And and then I think the time when I wrote, this is how I learned to say no, like Mm -hmm. that was when I really like had this personal life shift where, I mean, in like a week, I like fired someone, fired another person, broke up with someone. Like, I think I did that all in like the same day, which was like, I've decided you got to spread those things out because <laughs> it gets chaotic. But I feel like uh, a band-aid you know. though. Like I, I feel like if I'm, Jess, if you're listening, I'm not going to. But if I were to like make a massive, massive life change, it yeah. would be like, fuck off to the woods. Like everything. <laughs> That's kind everything of what I did. For a second, you know? That's what I did. But then there were so many ripple effects from each of the decisions that like I suffered it all at once. And oh, it, yeah. it was like this massive like emptiness and loneliness that I experienced like I guess like earlier this year, I had like friendship breakups and like, and it was all during like my career shift. I think it was interesting when my career shifted to sort of see who was there for the right reasons, who was there for the wrong reasons, who disappeared, who, you know, and there were so many life changes all at once, like high and low that it was just like, oh my God, I couldn't catch a break. And in the middle of that, just meeting all these new people in my life and sessions every single day and like going through such vulnerability during that time and also like having to like pour it onto these like strangers. Yeah, right. So you're also um, building your whole team at the same time too. Like, Oh, everyone like, was new. It was like I was you, new to LA. The car was moving and you were building it at the same time. I mean, time. I yeah. left for 2020. I moved back to Rhode Island. And yeah. then like right when I moved back, I was like, this time it's happening. Yeah. And it happened. And like I just... It did feel like everything had to fall apart to fall together. Yeah. We were we were living with um Smiles manager when yeah. like all the flowers and sex stuff like oh, yeah. you know, all of a sudden he's like, Yeah, things are this is was, fucking happening. It was a crazy know? time. I think we yeah. wrote that song like and released it like three days later. Like it was the craziest turnaround with also like the sickest cover art ever. I'm not even oh, sure yeah. how love, we pulled that, that off. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Katie McIntyre. How did that song come to be? Like what sort of inspired it? I mean, I, I like so well, we actually worked on the production for that song four years ago. Wow. So it was made four years ago. That's how it happened. With Memba and Smile and me. And, you know, we literally had so much fun. Like we were like chopping trees. Memba's like, if you guys don't know them, check them out. Like the craziest sound design. They brought this Zoom mic, which now I have one of them. And I just like record things all the time. We like literally chopped a tree. I'm not even kidding. The percussion is a sample of a trunk we were axing. That's awesome. Like it was so fun. I felt like a kid. We were running around and I wrote this song over it. Like they were producing and I was doing the writing and like I just like was not as developed as a writer. And then I just go through my files all the time. It's crazy how people kind of expect to just like make a song in a day. Like that's the culture, you know, it's like you go in, make something, boom. If it's not good, it's not good. If you're natural, No, if there's one lyric in there, let me go back to the session, scrap everything else. We'll take that one word. Okay, let me go back. I like this first half of the pre, everything else, trash. I've done that with like seven songs. I like this title, have seven sessions. That's what Katy Perry did with Firework, I think. She had five sessions to write a song called Firework. But, um, we can get Bonnie on here. You know, and ask her. like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like 
why just like put all this pressure on yourself to just like get everything done? So I go through things all the time and I was just like, this song is too good to leave in our files and the top line is trash. So let me rewrite <laughs> this. Um, it wasn't trash. I'm being hard on myself. But it was also four years ago. I mean, you've gotten better oh, as a writer since then. Yeah. And like, I know who I am now and like, I would never tell someone four years ago, hey, give me flowers and sex. Like, I just was like, ah, if you want, hee hee. Like, right. no, I was not there yet. And I wasn't empowered as I am now. So I actually, okay, there's a few ways this song came to be. We wrote it. I brought Rob Resnick in to work on it with me. Rez. Rez, shout out. And it was his birthday. And I bought him flowers. There was a guy selling flowers on the side of the road on my way to the session. I pulled over and I bought the flowers from him. And the flowers like resembled a penis. Like actually. So like it's like this like stick. And then there was like kind of like two balls. Get 5%? <laughs> Don't. I hope he doesn't find this interview. But you know, I brought it to him and you know, I was just like ranting as I do. And I think I was just like, ugh, like I just want flowers and sex. I just want flowers and sex. You could come over, no text With a face that looked like my ex Got me saying yes And that's kind of how it came about. But I had ha actually had a bad experience with a guy, like, who was so disrespectful to me. Like, it was like a bad hookup. And it was like a week before we wrote this song. And like, I was really struggling to be able to articulate to him that I felt disrespected. I kind of just like let him disrespect me and like inside I wanted to like scream but like like I said I really had to like build that muscle I wasn't at my like this is how I learned to say no stage in life right so this experience kind of led up to a lot of music but it was kind of just like at my last straw and I felt so disrespected and I really just kind of like wished that I was able to be more eloquently sexy and powerful and I didn't feel like I was yet and so I think part of that song for me was manifesting this personality that I think I ended up growing into and I really didn't feel like I could even ask that yet there was this one guy who I was seeing for a while and like he would never do cute little things for me and and I think it was almost like frustration and then I just I really did step into those shoes and I get flowers all the fucking time now and like yeah. I just People like people are stepping up their game. Yeah, I mean yeah. now it's like I get that as a, like a pickup line all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear this, it's old at this point. Yeah, it's but, unoriginal. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah just, if you really so, want. So hey, do you want flowers and sex or? If you really want a, a great uh, pickup line, go for the deep cuts. Go for uh, there's, a six, go. there's a six feet deep joke yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah. Hush, yeah. yeah. Um, Hush, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really deep, but anyway, it was interesting that I mean and then it empowered it felt like it empowered a lot of people and that was really beautiful and I really stepped into those shoes and now I feel like it's like oh I just I wrote it for the future me or the me that I became I mean I love that and that was the thing too is that like you know we were starting to see so many people pretend to be in their cars pretend to react to this like all this mm. whatever and there was something just so genuine about how you know you were just camera was set up you were reacting to mm -hmm. the song like you could genuinely tell how excited you were about it. Yeah. And I think that that always resonates, you know, like, you know, you see like M.A., just her playing the song, mm -hmm. you know, it does well or something like that. Like just having that authenticity, yeah. you know, and then the song's great to boot, you know, like that's that's awesome. Um, and, you know, what you were saying, too, about like, you know, when people grow, things get weird. I was genuinely like 
so nervous when the song started to move because I was like, we were talking about having on the podcast Mm -hmm. like before that too. We were talking, you know, and also we were like, you were calling me, I was calling you, we're giving Mm -hmm. each other advice back and forth. And then I was like, I always get so self-conscious. I'm like, oh my God, am I coming off as a bandwagon? Am I coming off Mm -hmm. as this? And then you literally texted me like in the midst of everything. You're like, I'm going to no vacancy, like come through. So come to to no vacancy. And you're like asking me about label stuff. We're, you know, we're dancing, we're talking whatever. I'm like, oh, Em and I are fine. Like it's, everything's, you know, normal. And the reason I, I bring that up is that like, what I love is that from the day that we met, you were a star. Like whether or not it's how you saw yourself, it's the way you carried yourself. You always, you carry yourself as this creative, as somebody who, who should be listened to, not in an entitled way or anything like that, but just somebody who is deserving and commanding of, of a room. So when a song blows up for you, you don't change, mm. you know, you were always busy and now you're just busy on better things or <laughs> things that you want to potentially be busy on or whatever. Yeah. But like some people, when they get big, like they go from being this one person to being this other person. But like you had these songs do well, you had these opportunities come in and you're still M because you've always been that. You've always lived in this, future version of yourself that now you're coming into. So even just talking about the future version of yourself, it's just like, you know, there's that microcosm of it in the song, but like the Emmeline I knew five years ago was creating and manifesting the M you are now to the point where there's no difference between those two, except for years and a lifetime of experience. I love like hearing someone that knew me say that. Because it's really easy to separate like the versions of yourself that you evolve into. And like it's also kind of easy to like hate on yourself. I think a little bit I did that with Cinderella, like even saying like Cinderella's dead. Like yeah. I think that that's the whole song about killing a version. Of yeah, yeah, which is a little intense. And like I do feel like I was processing when I wrote that song. And now I kind of want to like hug Cinderella <laughs> next single <laughs> yeah. give Cinderella a hug but you know I think I think it's important to be like gracious to all the versions but it's cool that you always saw that in me because I don't know if I've always felt my power and I think even if it exists it takes like honing your craft and like yeah. really like getting there to be able to articulate how you want write how you want I'm so grateful I put in like years of writing because yeah. now it's like, okay, go time. We got this, you know? Well, that's the thing. I think power, confidence, those things, it is tough to, like you do have to grow into them. Sometimes you mm-hmm. grow into it by, you know, experiencing powerlessness or hopelessness and, and that stuff too, which is unfortunate yes. that, I forgot somebody who said it, but it's just like, um, you only grow claws to get out of holes. Mm. And like, shit. Yeah, that, maybe I said it a long time ago. Did I say <laughs> I have never heard that. Okay, all right. Then whatever. I, it was in my brain for some reason. But that's the thing is just like, if you have claws now, it's not because you just happen to have them. It's because you clawed your way out, you know? Yeah. But also I think that like, you know, ambitious folks, people who have dreams, that kind of thing, you know, like you are setting up versions of yourself to grow into, you know, you're, you're laying out the suit, you're laying out, you know, the mold you get to sort of, yeah, um, yeah it's dressing for the job you want just and, and creating want. the job you want. And I think that, so cool that to think of it that way, I think it's important to have a relationship with your future self mm-hmm. as like, Hey, I'm working very, very hard so that you can enjoy the life that you have and you better appreciate it. Fucker. Like when you're 
stressing out about some stupid shit that I'd be happy about. Like, let's just let's have a conversation here. Like you're basically giving your future self all of these gifts. But I do think that when you not to preach or whatever, but that when you finally become that future self and of course you're building a future self there, too. But you also should give back in your relationship. It can't be a one sided relationship. Mm -hmm. You got to look, I think, kindly at your past self and say, thank you for that work. Or like we made it, you know, like we did or you did what you said you'd do, you know, like having, I just, I think a conversation with, yeah. with your timelines, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to meet me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I also think like yesterday I was in this small room, like in my head, I was like, all oh, these people are going to tell everyone that they were here and I get to be in a small room right now I'm not going to be frustrated that I'm not in a bigger room like this is a moment where like you hear all these big stars when they're in stadiums be like oh my god imagine if I could just play a small show you can't go back like Mm -hmm. you have to just like hug every moment of everything you do well even Salem just posted like a TikTok where it's just like I used to play to 10 people and now you know I'm playing to thousands and I was just like we were in that 10 person room mm-hmm. you know i remember what that looked like oh, you know right. like she used to individually hand out bracelets to everybody oh, who showed that's up so cute. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh and her mom made them it was just like she's the, the so like thing. unapologetically her oh, just the sweetest it's so precious but in my journal so it usually takes me about like anywhere from nine months to a year to get from like start to end of, of my journals uh and in the last page of my journal or like second to last page so i don't accidentally flip to it i always write myself a letter And I love that shit because no matter what, no matter what, whenever I get to that last, no matter like every time I write it, I'm like, oh, my life probably can't change that much, you know, between now and then. And then I'm getting this letter from this kid, essentially, every, every uh, year or so. So, Oh my God, you should make these into songs. You should be like, you should call an album like letters to Nate or something. And then like make, (laughs) make like the titles, like the date. And then, oh man, just do it as that a side project. That is very up my street. That is very And you have street. to make. I mean, this would be a cool TikTok. Like, if you had to like take your letter, read it out loud, and then be like, "Okay, we're making a song for each letter." Oh, like, like maybe I write a verse about like what's happening right yeah. now, and then a year from now, I write like a response verse. Yeah, I used to annotate my diary when I was a kid. That's awesome. Which is so fucking nerdy. I really would. I literally would. Yeah. It would literally be like, I have a crush on. There was this one journal entry about how I farted in front of my crush, and it oh was so embarrassing. And I'm like, probably like eight years old in these, like eight. <laughs> like the writing is huge. And then like a year later, I'll go back in a different color and be like, he wasn't even that cute. Like, <laughs> that's well, incredible. The thing is, is that like every again, every time I think that's not going to be like a massive change, it's like the last note that I read almost a year ago was from before Jess and I met. Whoa, you gotta so, write a letter, man. Oh, well, you have to wait for your journal to. Well, so but I wrote whatever this new one, you know, whatever the next you know letter is, you know, well before getting Ollie. Yeah. So. And Ali's been like the most significant change in my life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, the, in the last year. So it's just like, it is crazy how much time could change. And marking that time is really, really cool. But all this to say, you know, like Cinderella's dead. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And we're going to talk about it. But also, I think that one of the things that I really appreciate about our friendship is that when we met, and even now, we see very, very clearly 
these future versions of ourselves, And we're proud, not just of each other now, but of these future versions of ourselves. We're proud of what they're up to and what they'll be up to and what they're working on, et cetera. But we can also kind of hold space and appreciate the past versions of ourselves and look kindly on them, you know? So important. Yeah. It's important to have those people, you know? Yeah. All right, let's talk about Cinderella's Dead because mm-hmm. that's a that's a pretty good song. People Thanks, pe- people seem to uh, people seem to like it. Yeah, it just yeah. passed flowers the other day. That's awesome. That's crazy. It's almost at twenty five million on Spotify. That's what you want. You want your yeah. second song, or third song, or fifth yeah. song to be better than oh, you know. It's the, the best feeling. It's yeah. like the best. How's that song gonna be? I wrote that over twenty twenty. I've heard of that year. Pre. <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. Do you guys remember that year? <laughs> No. I was like probably the most quarantined person that I know. I like went back home. I was with my family and yeah, I started like learning how to produce in that year. And I ended up, I don't know what month it was, but it was at the point where like, you know, you could take a test and like see if you had it or didn't have it. And I met this friend of mine through a really weird avenue. His name is Henry. He knew someone who saw me perform in North Carolina. And then he DM'd me on Instagram and um, we're friends now. He managed me for a little bit, but he brought up that he has this friend named Gabe who he really thinks I should make music with. And I've never met them. Henry and Gabe drove from North Carolina to Rhode Island and Henry had like this house on Martha's Vineyard and we decided we wanted to do a week there and just make music. I have never met these guys. And it turned out that Henry's cousin was my drummer from third grade. We used to like like, play and his aunt was my mom's best friend. And my across the street neighbor. That's crazy. So he like came through, like hung out with his but aunt. Rhode Island is a very small state. Yeah, I'm like, Famously if you know someone from Rhode Island, yeah. I know I know who they are. Like, I will know who they are. But yeah, so we, I was like, what can go wrong going to an island with two men I've never met? But um, it was amazing. And Same now I have driving two. driving in a car at yeah, five in the I'm, morning. I'm realizing things about my past self. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was like, it's chill. But we spent a whole week just running around in the fields and sitting on the beach. And like, we talked about just like everything. And I was getting over my, I had just broken up with my ex and I was just starting to feel like me again after like <laughs> going through a death of a breakup. Yeah. yeah a death of a self. For a while, yeah, right? yeah. Almost like three years. And I had these new friends and I just felt like they saw me. Like they just saw like the next version and even like ways that I would like talk about how I thought I was like they were like what do you mean like you're not like that like um like how you just described me like Mm -hmm. and it was like so loving and um we made like five really amazing songs one of them was Cinderella and it was all just like we just were having mojitos and like running around and Yeah, I mean, it was just like out of pure, like honesty, I think. And I think I just said it out loud, like, 
Man, I think I forgot I was a bad bitch. I forgot I was a bad bitch. Tragic. Nice. And I just started to Tragic. remember. <laughs> yeah, there's this freestyle of me basically like I freestyled that whole chorus. Kind of kept the exact structure, like edited the words. And so, yeah, me and Gabe like still work all the time. He just moved to L.A. You guys should hang out with him. He's the shit. Yeah. Solomon Fox. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. is Gabe. Okay, cool, cool. That's I just awesome. realized like everybody in music has like two names, their yeah. real one and then their fake one. Yeah. Um, but that's actually kind of his name, too. I think people it's just probably think Emmeline's. A stage name, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. When I tell them, no, that's my name, people are like, what? That's so cool. <laughs> that's your name? Well, I told you, I think that you, Emlyn, oh, yeah. and Byhold, um, uh, M.A., Emma uh, Love Block, like all- And the, Emmy the, Melly. I'm, yeah. I'm tight with Emmy Melly, too. You I'm guys like, should make the empire. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. We're taking over. It's crazy. <laughs> There's never been this many M's. Like, so many. Just so happened many. this year. Yeah. Historians will look it's back so on it funny. as the M like, era. <laughs> the M, we'll, we'll, find out, we'll find out like later, later that TikTok had like an algorithmic um, <laughs> like anomaly where like any uh, music screen name that started with an E-M just suddenly got a... <laughs> yeah, just a get sued by Eminem. Like, yeah. you, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite line from Cinderella's Dead? I do. Breaking all the rules because they were only habits. Breaking all the rules because they were only habits. Hell yeah. I think we like create rules for ourselves and you don't realize sometimes that there are no rules in life. You can do literally whatever you want and mm. you don't have to stay in any relationship, you don't have to go to any school. You just kind of like sometimes fall into these societal patterns or like, I don't know, expectations and expectations you like put on yourself. I think like I was, you know, walking on eggshells for a bit in life. And then I realized like that I could unlearn that and that I can unlearn habits and that I can walk in the room like I'm that bitch and like, I love that line. I, I need awesome. it on yeah, a t-shirt. Really cool. <laughs> and I mean, just seeing all the videos, like there have been some like wild transformations too that are just so beautiful. Like, I mean, just the fact that like you in realizing your power and deciding to unabashedly live, mm -hmm. you know, for you being your true self, the fact that you've then been able to inspire so many people Thank and you. almost like give them permission in a lot yes. of ways. I think sometimes you need permission. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to be that for somebody like all the folks, all the music that made you and gave you that power and let you be you like you're now that for all these people. And it's just like, oh, that's just my dream in life. Like, I just want everybody to know that it's OK, that you can like it's possible. It's um, beautiful. I mean, it's just you. so incredible just seeing all these all these folks on TikTok, all these videos. I love your reactions to them too. Mm -hmm. Just like, Thanks. you know, coming to terms with their gender, their yeah. uh, their sexuality, just getting out of bad relationships. Just, it's really just incredible. It's kind of the best like, thing that music is, does. Yeah. Like it, like it does, it doesn't really get better than that. You know, we we yeah, goosebumps. Is that what you're showing me? Yeah, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Like we get into this, you know, just because someone did that for us, and yeah. you know, and it's easy. For to get caught up in streaming numbers and mm -hmm. virality and like where you feel like you should be in your career. But even just like, you know, I've had experiences, you know, we've had experiences like that, even just like on a small scale. And yeah. like, that is the thing that keeps you going. Like when, when times are tough and when things are good. Yeah. I want to be able Everything. to just like quit one day or stop one day or die one day, you know, knowing that like I made a difference and like, you know, and you have proof and you can see it with your eyes and you can, you know, meet them and hug them. Like, 
that you made a difference. Like you, yeah. like, there's no question. And I think that that's just, Thank you. that's the noblest thing. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I feel think. like I've always been very passionate about activism, like since I was a kid. Um, I, I mean, I helped organize part of the, the Boston Women's March. Like I've always just kind of been someone who wanted to reach out and get involved however I could. And like music is my outlet. But um, it wasn't until recently that I think like the two of them like, met each other I mean I literally just got off a meeting with glad and yesterday I just started crying because I was like glad wants to meet with me like yeah the fact that oh the two things I'm most passionate about can coexist and like it just took time for them to to find each other we're gonna leave uh, a donation link to glad uh in the show notes of this episode as well so that folks that want to support causes that you believe in that's also, thank you uh, oh. support uh, as well yeah the other the other thing i will say that i forgot to say about my cinderella's dead writing journey i actually have a video of me finishing the song where i was like the day after i wrote flowers and sex and i was like we need the next single lined up and i just knew that i wanted it to be cinderella i knew this like i told my team like cinderella is something special and so i FaceTimed Rez and I was like, can you just help me like fine tune these verses and just make them super like, let's get all the slant rhymes. I want this to be like digestible. And like, so he is really good at that organization. And, um, and he just like helped me fine tune the writing. I'll always bring anyone on who I think can make any little thing better. Like I want hits. Um, <laughs> so here for hits, I'm people. here for hits. hits. That's what I want. Number one. So um, you're my number two. Get <laughs> out of here. Take a hike. Exactly. So I FaceTimed him and literally like there's a video of me in like my towel with like makeup and like I was like <laughs> drinking coffee in the shower. I'm like, so what do we do here for the second verse? I want something fun. Like what about bubbles? Like literally like I was so manic and so literally wrote flowers and then Cinderella the day after technically and then it was you know not even really in my lineup I had a different song which I'll mention it because everybody's gonna ask because everybody always asks we were going to release strut I don't do the walk of same my strut um I know everybody does I Um, was gonna say it is coming but I was gonna say though I think coffee in the shower is a very good song title. I love that. That about, is sick. About working hard. Wait, I had a lyric the other day and I'm not remembering it right now. Hey, let's let's write uh, a... Right now, live shower, writing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it would be sick. The yeah. rest of this episode is just us having a session. It's like, oh, <laughs> yep, we're on it. Sorry, yeah. fuck you guys, but... Yeah, um, <laughs> that'd be cool to do that sometime. Yeah. Like, just like, write a song on the oh, podcast. Oh, on the, on the like, show. It would be kind of yeah, cool. Like oh, that'd be wild. Obsession. That would be, be really cool. Yeah. Surprised no one's done that. Yeah. That should be like a popular thing. Like a podcast. But honestly, I think yeah. I get why people don't do it because yeah. there's like a barrier. Well, it's also just because like, you know, you've done a bunch of sessions. Like we remember the important parts of sessions, but I've actually mm. like four episodes where we go over um, like how we made the song. I'll go into the voice memos to bring out the sort of important moments. And it's actually really, really sonically boring and even sometimes even visually boring, <laughs> like being in a session when you're cooking because you're basically like you get the line and you're like just like it's 
in your head and of course your memory of it is very romanticized yeah. but like it, people watch all kinds like people watch all kinds of boring stuff on watch live stre- like twitch streamings like there's a lot of dead air yeah. and a lot of really popular I'm live saying there's streams. a lot of dead air in songwriting but sure um, but like yeah. if, if there's a cult of personality around someone like yeah. there's there's a market there Join for my that cult. that's yeah. like when the beatles documentary came out and half the people i know were like that was the most boring shit i've right. ever oh, watched i did and really then, love it yeah. and then there's people who like the yeah. niche of us that yeah. are like i could sit here for i mean because we do sit there for seven hours to try to replace words like that is the passion of my yeah. life I, honestly <laughs> if, i think that'd be really funny if you were like on a live stream and just being like how like we need a rhyme for this duck, and then come on, there's duck. like 50 people <laughs> in the know, chat like, yeah. like voting fun. Well, honestly, I mean, like, but then like how do you imagine those splits like imagine if that song blows up and you're like okay like we yeah. have a, we have girl a from georgia 69 yeah. like you get a spotify credit you can just like have it in the chat where it's just like you can suggest um lyrics at your own peril you right know? It's exactly like, like, but Insane. um hey if you sold me on uh, it, so fuck it if you see us come out with that that's an <laughs> Right. On uh, the record. On the record. Headline inspired uh, segment or. Uh, you will get 5% of the song. I need stock. Then. Let's right, talk. Exactly. You get 5% of whatever we make on the podcast, which is no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you owe us our. Co- yeah. yeah. I'm um, down. Hey, well, okay. So I'll, I'm going to write down coffee in the shower because I think that that's like a, a concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a cool. That's a cool thing. But. 10 million hours. Yeah. Coffee in the mm-hmm. shower. Yeah. 10 million. Yeah. Oh, you'd be like, super put, dead. You, like, no, I was saying like <laughs> you have to put in your work to be able to be like viral with yeah. your coffee in the shower. There's, but 10 million hours, you'd be pruny as hell. No, I think it's 10,000 hours. That's what I meant. Yeah, 10 million hours. <laughs> you literally are alive. I'd probably put I in like 10, 10 million, million hours because that's what it Sounds feels cool. like. like yes. that's, that's what it feels like it takes. Like Wait, everyone knows 10,000 hours yeah. is actually very I'm a dramatic yeah. Like I've probably too. done 10,000 hours of producing easy in, yeah. our, easy in my early 20s. You know, like we don't talk enough about the 50,000 hours, I've the 100,000 hours. I've done 200 hours of podcast editing i know that as a fact yeah so you know in nine years i'll have you know right imagine Um, like you actually this would be a cool like short film like you're like clocking in and out whenever you work and then it hits ten thousand hours and you're just like where, what happens? I, you know, where do you, I go you, you, you Where do I go? You get like the Super Saiyan, like Dragon Ball Z fire explodes behind like, you. You're you're a master at your craft now. Um, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, strut. You know, I heard of it. Yeah. So I teased it a bunch. I was planned to release it, and then I just had this little inkling about Cinderella, and. I mean, I promote it as my origin story, which is genuinely what I think that it is, the origin to, like, who I am now. Um, And I I kind of wanted it to come out, like, now because it gives people context to my story. And then I can talk about where I evolved, which Strut is definitely, like, later in my personal life timeline. Um, had to figure out how to ask for flowers and sex first. <laughs> but, flowers and sex walked so that strut yes, could strut. <laughs> exactly. I'm obsessed with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I like, I threw Cinderella up without permission, like, and I just had a feeling and it just happened. And I was like, cool, all part of my plan. No one will ever get mad at me if I make them money. Right. So, yeah. um, ask, yeah. Ask so that's why strut has taken and... so long, but it's definitely a good problem. And I think I'm just, I'm really passionate about that song. I wanted it to come out at the right time. I wanted to build up to it. I, I like really believe in it. I think that. That's one of the songs that's always kind of in my head ever mm-hmm. since I first heard it. Like it, it pops into my head kind of randomly Love throughout that. the day. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. It's one of the songs that actually uh, steals a word for me. Like whenever I hear the word finch, the green finch and Linnet bird song 
pops into my head from Sweeney Todd. Like there are certain words that then get associated with songs. And for mm. me, whenever somebody says the word strut, strut's in my head. That's a great word. Yeah, you own strut. You know, I, thank you. We take generous. We have generous. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, strut. I love it. I mean, like I said, you know, it's been playing on TikTok for a minute, so it's. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's like, when's this coming? When's this coming? Oh my gosh! And, yeah, you know, it's definitely like I get that comment on everything. I just didn't want to do anything prematurely. I mean, I you guys know I waited three years to release any music, but like I always said that slogan to myself even before things popped. I guess it's my own slogan, well, but it's, it's like it's, believe in yourself enough to be patient, you know? So I just tell that to myself all the time. Like you don't want to give up something like at the wrong time because then it won't get the love that it deserves. So I really yeah. wanted to make sure and I'm actually like really happy about the way that everything has happened. So it is going to be next unless something crazy goes viral randomly, which I wouldn't like be too shocked at this point because coffee in the shower. That's our <laughs> yeah, next, there we go. Hit, yeah. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> um, I, I walked into the in studio in a, in a T-shirt from the night before. Everybody was like, you know, oh, walk of shame morning. And I was like, no, bitch. <laughs> I don't walk of shame. What an old antiquated phrase. Walk of shame. Why do we use these phrases? Yeah, like yeah. we need new ones. Let's replace them. Like it's similar to like how I was like reflecting on like even the Cinderella character of like yeah. how, you know, it's shown to young girls of like how women should behave. Obviously, these behaviors become ingrained in us and we yeah. have to like unlearn them. And, and pop culture is one of the best ways to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's kind of part of my mission. Even in there, I was like, Dr. Seuss says whatever the hell he wants. Like, you can suck my dust. Like, <laughs> I, that's not a thing. It is now. I made it one. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so, yeah, I just was kind of like in my T-shirt from a man the night before. And I was like, sorry that I didn't shower, but um, I didn't want to be late to the session. So I strutted here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. You go to New York, um, you know, in a couple months and you're just going to see just like people just strutting down the sidewalk, you know, just yeah. all, all uh, on their way home, you know, crack a dog. That's know, what I want. I yeah. want old ladies doing that. I want <laughs> I want gay boys. Mm -hmm. I want. I want everyone who has ever felt shamed to just like that. unlearn that and decide that it can be powerful. Anything that you feel shame for, like identity, there's so many things that people just have ingrained and it's just like wrong to feel shame. You should just change it into power. Uh, I'm obsessed with that. I'm also obsessed with, I just like, it just reverberated in my head and, you know, just resonated so much. The believing yourself enough to be patient. Yeah. Where the fuck did you get that from? Yeah. I think I, mean, that, I created it. A, Every morning I said that. Oh my that God. takes a crazy amount of confidence. So much. Especially in the current climate of like, you got to put it out. You got to put it out immediately. Well, it's you one thing like... to do it when you don't have anything out. It's another thing to have things popping off and pressure and, you know, all this noise and being able to cut through the noise with such a clean. Yeah. That's incredibly impressive. Clean mantra. Thank you. Thank you. And when that's kind of. That's going to fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, I mean, we deserve it. Like, we deserve, we put our hearts on our sleeves and, like, pour our bodies into these works of art. And, like, why would I just want to throw it up if I know that it deserves more? Like, I'm not going to just do that. But um, I'm really, like, at this point where things are doing well, like, looking back at that, girl who wasn't releasing because I had a feeling that the time would come like that person 
the moments where I would feel stupid or frustrated, like I now feels like a breath of fresh air. Like, gotta be so thank validated. God. Because, yeah. you know, you can just do it forever and ever. And like, I will do this forever and ever. But um, I, I could have waited forever. Thank God TikTok, like, <laughs> you know, appeared at the right moment. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's also about you being the right person and at the right place, be able to to handle all this stuff. We've mm-hmm. seen plenty of folks who, you know, blew up on a song and didn't have the wherewithal to handle it or, you know, to continue with the message. Like you're, I mean, even just the fact that you have what you have to say comes from leaving a relationship. Like imagine yeah. having to juggle, you know, the relationship you were in with what's happening now. No way. Or, or would it have happened if you didn't have that message that connected with people? So everything kind of happens how it how it needs to. And and you create the version of yourself. You know, it comes to the version of yourself. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of hard work and nothing's meant to be and nothing's entitled or whatever. But like, you know, the fact that you've worked so hard to make a version of yourself that is ready for this. Thank mm-hmm. you. That, it is re- that you are ready for this. That's everything. That's everything. I mean, you know, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I just you know, you also can't lose people's attention. So there's like a fine line between doing things when it's their time and waiting. And then there's also the reality of like, if you put out a song that went really viral and then you wait six months, there's been so many other viral songs. Like you have to like keep people's attention too. So I think that's why I was like, well, what if I slate in Cinderella before strut? What if I slate in this? Like, we just need, you know, we need to keep on moving so that people don't forget me. And then I become like this snowball effect. Well, and also the confidence yeah. to the label maybe wants, you know, this song to come out and to be able to like really stand up to, you know, and to have the confidence to stand up to these machines and, and whatnot and say, actually, I, I think that this should should happen. And then to get paid out on it. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm using a poker term to a. Uh, to be correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not label versus artist anymore. No. It's label versus artist versus TikTok. And yeah. TikTok is all of our boss. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's Whoa. kind of insane. But, you know, I'll get in kind of like disagreements sometimes and be like, well, let's take it up with TikTok. Right. And that's how we solve that's it. That's the I determining have, factor. I've never heard it. I've heard it. I've never heard it laid out so succinctly. That's <laughs> Yeah, we are all TikTok's Crazy. bitch. Yep. But what I also do appreciate is, and you were saying it too, like you are not, and we know plenty of TikTok artists, like you are doing well on TikTok. You are using the platform. People are connecting with your music and, you know, growing, but you're doing a really, really solid job of bringing those people out of TikTok into Spotify, into Apple Music, into your DMs, like mm-hmm. in, into seats, shows, like that's huge because if TikTok, you know, the algorithm goes or, mm-hmm. or the, 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 the app the, disappears, the you app know? disappears, yeah. you know, like, what do you have? Well, you have That's a happened with Vine. Now. And I remember yeah. feeling like I fucked up so hard because I was like 14, but I've always been hard on myself. But um, you hard? No, <laughs> when I was 14 and it died, oh, my God, I've never been so, so depressed. But you learned to then. take ownership after that, you know? Like, but yeah, I mean, now I was like, I'm not going to let that happen. Like, I'm just going to make sure that I can spread it. To Instagram, to Spotify, to be yeah, able to Yeah, I mean, and it's hard. And I've kind of decided, like, to attack each different platform so that it coexists. And, like, I started on YouTube. And, like, within a month, I got 300,000 followers, like, this past month. And now, like, 
I have my number two like like top listeners. They're all from India because India isn't on TikTok and in it's mm-hmm. in it's only on Shorts. And so now I have like all of these Indian fans. And my label too was like, we've never seen this. Like they were like, we you yeah, gotta go to James, India. James, uh, Smiles Manager was talking about like YouTube Shorts. Yeah, and, like, as an artist, I can't avenue. stress enough. Honestly, the power of an app like in the first six months mm-hmm. because I think shorts is still technically in beta isn't it it is yeah yeah it's and i'm actually i've started yet. like partnering with them yeah. and um i'm doing like research with them and so i'm they're incredible i've created this great relationship not to mention they're like not a government like tiktok like we're basically when using tiktok like there's all these like they don't care about the artist. Like yeah, the they don't care about growing like your this, career. Like that, you know, like, no, yeah. like that's what I love about YouTube is that you click on you and you're watching your music videos. Like they actually, we, I was talking with them and they were like, we want to break you. Like we want you to be a YouTube artist. And I was like, I would be so proud. Like that's literally yeah. how like Justin Bieber yeah. blew up and There's it's just happening now in a different more form. more eyeballs on YouTube than TikTok. And yeah, there yeah. are. And way better pay. And it's yeah. not like we're living in, a government either yeah, right which i i think is something that we don't think a lot about tiktok also the filters like on tiktok like i'm just bashing right now obviously tiktok has done a lot for my career but like for the beauty standards like yeah. even the way the algorithm works to like push standard like americanized beauty like yeah. to the top of the feed well, like I, it's know, crazy we were talking to you know body image yeah so we were talking to kate cole body image on the podcast what's so weird to me is like how almost like deified the algorithm has gotten it's just like it doesn't like these words and if mm-hmm. that thing's in the background you know it doesn't like it and you can't say song oh, you, you feel like you're in a song. cage yeah. yeah and like you said it's our boss which is why we do it yeah you know, like it's we we are beholden to it and but it doesn't make a particularly welcoming creative atmosphere you know and especially like the ability to recreate and monetize like on a following like Everybody who who does get lucky on TikTok and, you know, strikes it on TikTok, like that's legitimate. Like not I don't even monetize my TikToks because I had a feeling that they wouldn't push my videos as much if they were paying me. Yes. Like none of us even know. Like none of us know where the lines are. You're right. We're all just like scared and like, okay, I guess I won't like post it this time anymore. Maybe that's why I didn't go viral. No, they're literally just like fucking with us. Like they fuck with us so that we're like, we feel bad about ourselves and then we make more videos. And then like, it's literally, I don't know if you know the artist Ren, um, but she was telling me that it's, there's literally a term for it. It's called serotonin mining. And they like straight up try to fuck with your brain so that you like become like addicted and like kind of depressed about it. It's also the gambler's gambler's fallacy. Everyone signed to a label. Anyone who's an artist should like, it's so new to everyone, but there should be like a coaching or something that like therapizes us. I think- Because it's tough. It's hard. I think the PROs should- invest in in healthcare and, and therapies. Um, I think that they're just talks are starting to happen mm. in that space. But we live you know, in emotional business. Well I mean like yeah. the Screen Actors Guild has uh, title. like the Screen Actors Guild has healthcare and therapy. Why doesn't BMI? Yeah. Why doesn't ASCAP? Um, wasn't there you know? a publisher uh, a, a pub uh, like a publishing company that um, recently included therapy? I don't know, but that's that would be I think there was that'd be awesome. I, I've been hearing things like all around, you know, about things like that or mental health um, programs coming about. But um, it is. Really I remember crazy. talking to talking to uh, Max and Kira when they got back from VidCon and they were saying like, 
one of their big takeaways from their experience there was talking to every single creator and how how much of the conversation how like overwhelmingly the conversation centered around burnout mm. and difficulty with platforms and complete alienation from knowing what was right with regards to this relationship between artist and platform and like that's kind of a like we, that, we, we hear that from everybody we hear it from everybody yeah. but we take it as a given but it's also even further illuminating to hear that coming from vidcon coming from like mm. the people who are the cream of the crop the people who are the the top you know 50 30 20 10 1 yeah. of creators like that even at that level even at the top of the totem pole that everyone feels this way like and that speaks to like when we've talked a lot on on this episode like about the beauty and the good of tiktok and i don't think that like that should get discounted but like it's also very telling that like everyone's a little fed up with it mm -hmm. well and what ren was saying what ren was saying about the serotonin you know that plays into the classic uh, gambler's fallacy which is that you know if you win that maybe you'll keep winning or maybe you know that like randomness has some sort of orders, this sort of like textbook definition of the gambler's fallacy. So it's somebody who keeps playing, even though they're losing money, losing money, losing money, because they believe that the more they lose, the more likely it is that they're going to win and, and, you know, kind of vice versa. But it's all a fallacy. Right. Like there is somebody who could bet their entire life savings over the course of, you know, a hundred coin tosses. And there is somebody who it lands on tails a hundred times. Yeah. Like, is it probable? Of course not. But is it in the vast universe that in history of the world, you know, as they put it in everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, statistical inevitability? Yes. Right. And so, you know, something like that with the algorithm where it's just like, oh, all of a sudden somebody doesn't go viral or all of a sudden something does like, and of course they're tipping the scale in favor of the house, you know, but yeah, they want you to keep coming back. They want you to keep creating under this belief that like, oh, I've lost so many times. Maybe this one will hit. Maybe that one will hit, you know? Yeah. And I it's mean, it's interesting too now that I'm using both shorts and TikTok to see like a short go viral that does nothing on TikTok and like mm -hmm, they're different mm -hmm. brains. Like you get to pitch yeah. it out. That's I've had, a, you know, because I work for a YouTube channel and they post all their shorts. You know, it's primarily I'm creating shorts, but everything also gets posted on TikTok. And there have been a couple things that have done like well over a million on TikTok that have done like 20K on YouTube mm -hmm. and or vice versa, stuff that has done over a million on YouTube and, you know, 30K on TikTok. That has made me feel so much better because it's released this part of my brain that's kind of a little bit too fixated on inherent quality. Yes. And thinking, oh, well, like if something's good enough, then it has to mm. go viral. Like that's just not true. Like that Completely. is so not true. Like the variance can be that big. The variance can be on a magnitude of a couple thousand to a million, which speaks to, you know, you got to just keep doing it, which is frustrating, but also mm -hmm. I think liberating. Yeah. And I think it's really important, like for creators, it's like really hard to do this, but to try to stop trying to figure it out. Right. Like there is no figuring it or out. equate the quality of your work or your the quality of your self-image. Do not put it how on how well you. it does on TikTok. You just have to like be like, I'm fucking dope. That's all. I know yeah. I'm dope. And you have to like disconnect the emotion from something emotional, yeah. essentially. I feel like when I was a kid, I was a child actor. Like I acted all the time. I would audition for films and I 
like trained myself to after I auditioned forget about the fact that I auditioned and I literally would just like train my brain to be like you didn't audition it didn't happen if if you don't get a callback like cool I don't even remember that I auditioned if I do it's a nice surprise I feel like I try to like use yeah. that yeah definitely like, oh I posted a TikTok what I didn't I forgot I posted a TikTok we've talked about this before about how for me one of my favorite parts about something is getting my hopes up because I don't feel a relationship between how high my hopes and like the disappointment. So for me, if something doesn't happen and I didn't get my hopes up, then I'm like, oh, it, it's not going to happen. And then it doesn't. And I, oh, I'm right. You know, for me, getting my hopes up is like I got to live in this moment of the possibility and how cool it would be and fantasize about it and get excited about it. And then, uh oh, it doesn't happen. OK, I got to have this really fun moment of fantasy. Yeah, you know? yeah I think that's um, a really like helpful way of looking at nice. it. We all have to find our own version of that, like, head game. Yeah, I also think, like, visualizing things is also kind of the only way to make them happen, too. Like, you kind of have to, like, I imagine myself every single morning performing at stadiums. Yeah. Because how am I going to train my brain to, like, prepare for that reality? That's a very particular job. Yeah. And you have to, like, apart from just, like, dreaming about it, there's also, like, there's a lot of work that goes into getting to that level of performance and that level of the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't get there by accident. You don't just no. stumble into that role. No. Like, you have to... And a lot like, of people think that they can. A lot of people think you can, but, like, I think it's one of the biggest kind of, like, you know, lies or, or like, deceits is, is too heavy of, of terminology. But I was talking to someone a, a while ago about this that, like, you know, I feel like artists sometimes have this narrative of just like, I never thought that this would happen. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like the more common reality for a lot of artists is that it, they do think it's going to happen because it's all they think about. It's all you want. Yeah. And that's like, to and, me, a much more compelling path and, well, than someone and, and stumbling into that reality. Where they're like, this isn't going to happen. And what they're oftentimes even referring to is that like, oh, they always thought that this was going to happen, but they have experienced the nights or the mornings they wake up and they're like, I, I don't believe, you know, the, the, you're down with yourself. This right. might never happen, the fear of it and all that stuff. But one of the things that I, I was saying um, a couple of days ago is that like optimism and pessimism, like hope and doubt, like are both equally fiction. Like it's right. both equal imagination. So the part of your brain that says this conclusion that hasn't happened yet, like this thing isn't going to happen or, you know, this here's the worst case scenario or all that, whatever. Like that's the same amount of, imagination as imagining yourself in a stadium, imagining yourself, you know, talking to Stephen Colbert, you know, like manifesting all that stuff. Like they're both fiction. Like you made both of those up, but one could potentially like empower you and also filter out a lot of noise so you can focus on what Mm. you need to do as opposed to trying to sift through all of it. Like I don't believe in manifesting in a cosmic level. I believe in manifesting in like being able to visualize what you want to filter out everything you don't. Yeah. But if you are, if you're using your that imagination, this thing that, by the way, as a creative, you've honed to be extremely powerful. If you are using your imagination to imagine what the worst case scenario is or imagining the disappointment before it does or doesn't happen, then you've used your imagination in a way that drains you. Yeah. Like you're and using your brain it, doesn't really know the difference between reality and fiction. No. Mm. So you get to create your reality, yeah. you know, but like if you really do, I mean, you could really drain yourself, really you can beat yourself. yourself up. Exactly. By just using your imagination 
just one way in one Mm -hmm. direction as opposed to another direction. And your brain doesn't give a fuck about like what your imagination is. It's imagining no matter what, you know? Yeah. It's the same amount of energy to imagine something good as it is something bad, but it also can drain energy to imagine something bad, you know? I like Mm. what you said about like using that as a way to like do what you have to now so that you can get there. Yeah. I like decided a few months ago, like I'm just going to change like the lifestyle so that like when the opportunities come, like I'm just prepared to step into them. And like I got a personal trainer, like I got a personal trainer who nice. I practice my ankles like a lot, like because I want to jump on stage. Like I right. want to oh, wow. That's incredible. like do everything. Like I started getting my nails done so that when I walk into a room, like I feel like a fucking pop star. Like I, I just want to like live and breathe the next version so that like when it's like, cool, like you're going to open for this person on stadium. Cool. I've been preparing for six Your months. I'm ready. Suddenly hurting. You know, you know? it's not yeah. like, oh, cool. Open for this person. Like Then you start training. No, no. You have to like just be ready, I yeah. think. Hikers say, you know, you don't drink when you're thirsty. You you drink. If you're thirsty, it means that you should have had something to drink 40 minutes ago. Yeah. Like you're already at the beginning stages of dehydration and, yeah. you're, and you're just playing catch up. I think that we also come- sh- shout out Jason, shout out <laughs> Rob's trainer. Incredible, nice. <laughs> very important to shout um, out your personal trainers. You always gotta shout out your personal trainers. Yeah, I think that we come from the this sort of camp of I think it's sometimes like a sort of defense mechanism of maybe not working. You know, you had a, a month to do something, and then you work on it in the last week or even the last couple of days, because if somebody really likes it, you're like, great, you know, I did it, and it was you know, I gamed them. I gamed the system. Right. You know, like I, I got it over on them that I, they thought I did it in this much time, but I actually did it in this much time. But if they don't like it, then you can say, well, you know what? Like for yourself, you can protect yourself because it's just like, well, I'm not going to take that personally because, oh, it wasn't, how could it be my best work? You know, it yeah, wasn't my best it work. It was, I, I rushed I it. I rushed it, you know? And I have to just like break out of that habit, I think. Yeah, you know? I've definitely found like for a while and like obviously it's just something I'm always working on, like, the trick with that is like when you only ever rush things, when you only ever are procrastinating and doing things when you absolutely buy the skin of your teeth have to like that is the best you can do. Yeah. Like you, if you don't explore yeah. what it takes to actually like be disciplined and do a little bit of something every day and like builds habits sustainably rather than trying to change your entire life in one fell swoop and in a night or like make sweeping declarations that you can't stick to your upper limit is always just going to be the playing catch up with yourself and, and that's something i've yeah that's something i've really had to like i'm i don't think i'm there yet but that's something that i'm like that's my big thing that i'm trying to figure out now in my life it's like really hard i mean like being an adult is difficult oh, like God. i feel like i i just invested in a in a mini dishwasher because i was like nice. yeah. this just we can't be on my plate with all that i have to do we should do that you guys don't have a dishwasher no. You do you know they sell mini ones? Uh, yeah, we just haven't yeah, done it. We just haven't done you it. gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being an adult is just constant maintenance. <laughs> just like Yeah, and it's like decision making every day. Like what do you want to prioritize? And how do we have so much laundry? No. <laughs> and how are people so laundry. good at cleaning counters? <sighs> like I just that's a cool lyric too. But like I just don't understand like how some people are just so good at it and maybe it's because i am constantly working so i don't have the time <laughs> yeah. but i don't know well, Adulthood. yeah i mean that's the other side of the coin is that it's you know we, we work really hard but it's important to i think it's as important to manifest you know getting the personal trainer and like really building towards being this like workaholic pop star as it is to 
make yeah. sure that you're applying that same discipline to taking 10 minutes a day to wipe down the counter. Like those, yeah, and those creating two things go habits. hand in hand. Well, and I had never really, and I've said this on the podcast a bunch, but like I had never really been like a dog person, understood dog people, like all that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it's actually been a nice reminder for me. Like if Ollie is hungry, like if it's time for him to have dinner, I'm like, oh, right. I haven't eaten yet. Like Ollie just had breakfast. Time for me to have breakfast. Like Ollie had dinner. Time for me to have dinner. Like (laughs) he needs to go out on a walk. I could probably, you know, use some sun myself, you know? And so all of that has kind of like helped because I can just forget that I'm a person that like needs maintenance because I'm dealing with an animal that does need that maintenance. Mm -hmm. It does really, really help. Are you, Emmeline, mm-hmm. ready for the question round? The question round. I'm ready. All I right. Think. The question round. The question round. The first question is can you describe the first three TikToks that pop up on your For You page? Cool. All right. Let me see what's up. Okay. So this is so weird. There's only two likes on this. There's a cow and there's like a ton of men like pulling the cow. And there's a bunch of children watching the men pull the cow. And um All right, so that's number one. <laughs> Can <laughs> I show you two? it? What? Can I show you it sure. so that you like understand? So that's the first that's thing. That's the first one. Interesting. <laughs> We're off to a good start. What's the second one? Um, an icon living. It's a girl who's gorgeous replying to a comment that says model and brain don't go together. And she's looking at the camera like, "Mm, really? And then she shows a picture of her SAT score that is two points from the highest possible score. Wow. Um, I guess you that. And then she blows them a kiss because she's a bad (laughs) bitch. Nice. (laughs) Very good. All right. What's number three? Number three. This is a friends only dog humping a pillow. Incredible. <laughs> Perfect. So Sick. so in genre summary, we have um, <laughs> a- Arabic cow gets pulled. Classic. Um, we have uh, feminism. Um, feminism. Girl feminism. Smart, 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 gorgeous, smart, hot girls. Yeah, feminism. And we have um, a close friends dog humping yeah animals today yeah (laughs) that was weird i think tiktok i've been the first comment on like multiple really viral videos like i was the first comment on i am woman wow and literally was following her for like months before that happened because i'm obsessed with her voice and we actually realized that we met each other years ago at a party which is crazy um now we're like comies but um yeah i think that tiktok noticed that i find these things they're like what if we send and you so something now they just seen? yeah now they just send me videos like this cow with a hump on his back that literally has two likes and like my entire feed is like non-viral videos so i think they use me as a guinea pig You're that's my theory maker. that's my theory mm-hmm. tastemaker i'm sure that, thank that, you that is actually fascinating to think about that tiktok has apart from your authority score as a creator i'm sure they have authority scores as consumers oh i yeah, bet they I have like so. yeah. i just that is crazy but i am positive they have that they must they have to yeah and i i wonder if labels will start hiring people based on the algorithm of who saves music like for a and r's they should do that i mean that would require a level of forethought that labels do not have (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is that is like just enough like three-dimensional chess 
for them not to get to that thing. Like, <laughs> like at the most, like the next wave of A&Rs will be like the TikTok song reviewers that are out of job. Oh my God, you know? yeah. Yeah, like they're not going to get to like algorithmic, like <laughs> subtlety. They should. You know? Oh, they definitely should. Hire us as A&Rs. Have you seen our fucking... Have you seen our podcast roster? Have you seen our podcast roster? Come I know. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Come on. We need that. Yeah. Next question in the question round is, what is your phone background? Hmm. These beautiful fairies. And it just looks uh-huh. like my universe. Like, I call my universe the hemisphere. Nice. And like, you have like a 3D modeling of yourself for Cinderella. I dad, do. Right? That's I do. So cool. I got scanned. I'm an avatar now. I'm in the metaverse. <laughs> the metaverse. Yeah. Look at this beautiful fairy with this little knife. And then these ones are like little lesbian lovers. And this one's like a little queer boy. Um, I love the purples and like the pinks. These are like my favorite colors. That's awesome. <laughs> Next question Do you have a non musical hobby? I love writing poetry. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which kind of is songwriting, but I mean, it's poetry is its own medium. Like it really is. It's you know, not not yeah. all songwriters are poets. Like it's a very particular thing to write words down, not attached to a melody. I won't go into it, but you, you posted a poem the other day that really resonated with me. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, you're a good poet. Thank you. I do want to release a poetry book like with an album and yeah. in color coded. That's so awesome. for each like cover art and actually person like I color code I realize like a lot of my singles like represent the muses that inspired the song so like I've realized because I, I just love all colors like I'm not like a, I only can wear blue type of person but like I realized that a lot of the people who I wrote the songs about their favorite color ends up being the cover art and I did oh, it unintentionally that's wild. yeah I love that yeah um yeah I, I wrote a lot of poetry in 2020 mm-hmm. and and before that and after that and throughout my life but I really like strongly thought about making like a poetry book slash record and piano and all that yeah. stuff around it. Lana um, Del Rey's is really cool. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I've heard a bunch of, you know, over time that I've, I've really liked. Um, I was really, really like gung ho about it and then decided I want, wanted to work on this gambling book instead. And I love it. Shocking, uh, you know, that I'm gung ho about something and then suddenly lose interest. That's <laughs> not like me at all. You know? <laughs> On to a very important question. Most important question. Most important question. Mm -hmm. Would you be a pirate? I am a pirate. (laughs) Oh, that's the best answer. I literally lived on a boat (laughs) and I drink a rum straight. (laughs) Yeah. That's clean. No further questions. questions. (laughs) (laughs) My dad is a pirate. I'm like, a pirate's daughter. Does he live on a boat? Yeah. Like currently? He just moved into a house, but he <laughs> like, yeah, he just bought a house, but he was living on a boat for the past year. That's awesome. My dad, like he has a boat and he, he will do like a week long excursion or a weekend excursion and live on the boat. But wait, I'm obsessed with the pirate question. How, why, like, where did it, <laughs> what's the origin here? It's the longest standing question that we had yeah. um, on the podcast. And um, probably the most like deep and contentious question. Yeah, we just really liked that. It's just very fun. It. It's fun. It's, it's the cute. only question of the question round that has its own sonic stinger. Too. Yeah, it's got a little jingle. Got a little jingle. Pirates are like a loaded situation because you kind of have to steal too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're stealing from. I steal from people. the greats. No, I steal from my music. Right. Steal yeah. like an artist, baby. Steal like an artist, baby. Great, great artists steal. Next question. Uh, do you have any tattoos? If so, what was your first? My first tattoo is this writing. On my arms, le temps de l'amour means the time for love. Yeah, like the season of love mm-hmm. is now. It's 
I don't know. I just like was like, this is the first tattoo I have to get. And I have so many tattoo ideas. But is the handwriting like specific to somebody? Yeah, this it- was my um, childhood best friend's handwriting from like elementary school. Oh, we went to French neat. school together. Well, because our teachers were like abusive and they made <laughs> us do perfect cursive. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> like Loki, they would literally like hold your hand as you like would write. And like just oh it had God. to be perfect. So that is why my handwriting is also gorgeous. But um, yeah, she's I just wanted her to write it. It's like a connection to my past. I'm like very connected to French culture. And um, I loved that mantra. Like I just wanted to step into like making everything love and like whether that's romantic or not. It's also a really cool song. And it's in a Wes Anderson film, Moonrise Kingdom, that was filmed in my hometown. And I was actually like up for that role and then I didn't get it. But it's still one of my favorite movies. It's a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I love it. I know the song now that you mention it. And just to clarify for the uh, the fans back at home, you do not have a neck tattoo. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of lie about this all the time. (laughs) So I draw it on. It's been new, like, like somewhat new. It is somewhat new. Um, I just had this like aha moment because I was like, I need a thing. I need a thing. There's so many videos online and there's so many singer girls. And like, how are they going to connect when people are like, wait, you did Cinderella and this other song? Like, how do I make sure that they know that it's me? And also Kiss is like, it's queer. It's like love. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's I'm in my slutty era. You know, it's hot. I can turn this into so many things I want. You know, I want kiss stamps for my shows. There's like an mm-hmm. industry That's behind awesome. this. There's so much money to be made under that. But Branding also, yeah, it's also just like perfect for my brand and era. And I don't want to get it tattooed because I don't think this era will last forever. I want it to to go for until the era ends, until I evolve as a person. And then I want to take it off. That's why I have a hard time getting tattoos. But yeah, sometimes I have someone kiss me. Sometimes I draw it on myself. Um, but I put it on every morning, like right after I brush my teeth. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. That's great iconography. Thank you. Very smart. For an icon. There an you icon go. living. <laughs> icon living. What was the first concert you ever attended? I hate this answer. They're always fun, though. American Idol. Hell yeah. That's, a good, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. That's like not. Who was who was in the, who was who on was, the tour? Yeah, what year was that? It was David Archuleta. Oh, yes! my God. Friend, friend of, the of the podcast. Pod. Really? Yeah, he was on. Podcast. Yeah. I was obsessed with him because my sibling was obsessed with him but my sibling was obsessed with him to convince themselves that they weren't gay and so I think that they were like I love boys and like they do not love boys at all and and that's why we were obsessed with David Archuleta because he was our our fake crush I do like boys I didn't have a crush on David Archuleta but I did for my that's incredible. That's probably why. Yeah. That's probably why we were like, there's just no shot here. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think he came from a, a more religious background. So that's why I think. It wow. Took so long yeah. To, you can't uh, imagine. Yeah. I think he just posted a, a photo in a dress, which like. Yes. Yeah, we love that. Yeah. Boys in dresses. I was listening to Girls in Bikinis the other day. And I think mm-hmm. that one of the best bridges ever written, especially for a song that's all about girls in bikinis, is just the two lines. I want to see boys in bikinis, too. They would look good on you. Wait, I the, love what, that. It's so good. What is that? Girls in bikinis by Poppy. Oh, you know like, song? I have to tell you guys something. Okay. I can't believe I didn't tell you guys this earlier. Oh my God. I'm sorry. On the way over here. I saw DJ Khaled shooting a music video. What? I think I'm, I believe that is just I love living in LA, man. Cars. Whoa! Like I like made eye contact with the guy who was like in the driver's seat. I was talking to my best friend too, so I like wasn't really paying attention. But I was just like, oh, I think that's DJ Khaled. Interesting. And there was, and there was a subject 
of the shoe in the car. Yes. Whoa. Who looked like DJ Khaled? That's, oh, that's, that's insane. Crazy. Yeah. Hey, that was fun. Wait, I will say my second concert was Justin Bieber. Nice. All right, that's good. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's so works. I guess I'll say that. Yeah. Manifest. Wow. <laughs> we need that. Um, next question. Do you have a scar with a story? Yeah. I love these questions. Um, right here on my wait, index finger, I had a horrible spider bite when I was like oh. 12 and it like blew up my finger Whoa. and then they just did surgery on it to like make sure that I didn't have any like venom in my oh. bloodstream. Yeah, damn. And I have a scar. I'm basically a spider woman. That's Yeah, wild. I also have a spider bite scar on my leg. Really? I got bitten in South oh, Africa and I couldn't Was it walk. horrible? Oh my it God, it like horrifying. blew up. It like, yeah, like I, I looked like E.T. Well, it didn't quite blow up, but I woke up and it started that like black veiny oh, thing started uh, happening on my on my leg. And I no, like no, tried to walk on it and I like fell down. Did on you the have ground. to have surgery? No. Uh, no, but I had to. My dad had to carry me across the street during a New Year's parade uh, to a doctor uh, to like oh, immediately to the like, emergency room. Uh, that would be an incredible movie scene. Probably horrible in the moment. Horrible in the moment. Yeah, I went to cool school image. with a with basically a finger cast, and everyone said "phone home." So <laughs> nice. oh, that's yeah. nice. kids, are, kids are fucking cruel. Fifth grade. Um, All right. Next question. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? At this very moment, I just read a tweet <laughs> about how. Flirting with people when you're bored can put you in really unwanted situations. <laughs> and I was just thinking about this guy that now I, he's going to know who he is if I say this. Anyway, that's on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> How I'm going to get to this shoot after this because I'm kind of like putting the control in someone else's hands right now. And usually I do everything myself, but I was just kind of like, it's a just a fun thing. But yeah, so I'm just like detailing in my head, like, how am I going to go there and do this and da 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 da. Um, and I don't have anything to wear. So like maybe I'll be naked. Plus, I'm wearing something green and green is not in my color palette. So I also kind of did want to be naked in this shoe. But I, you know, anyway, that is on my mind. And then also I'm looking at your dinosaur. I wonder nice. if multiple people say this because it's here because sometimes you just like think about what you see every once in a while um, sometimes but like you know every time I see a dinosaur I think about how like they could have had feathers but we'll never know because we only see bones yeah and they could have been like bigger in different places did you guys watch like, prehistoric planet though they, actually... they could have been so different but like someone did an art series that was like drawing modern animals only based on their skeletons and they all look like dinosaurs because Holy they like certain shit. bits of physiology. What if they out. look like pigs? Exactly. Well, uh, prehistoric planet. I think that is like somewhat accurate. And well, it's it's cool. accurate, yeah. accurate as far as our current science. Well, some have knows. feathers. Fuck. Velociraptors have feathers. But like in twenty five years, our science will probably be probably blow that out of the water. Man, yeah. this All has right. really got me riled up. Yeah, now, now, I'm, a little, now I'm a little riled. I'm, I'm the, a little, little bit riled. How is a girl supposed to trust in this world <laughs> if I don't know what dinosaurs really looked like? That's, you know, and we'll probably never know. We'll That's never know, part. like, what so many animals, like, even I, existed. I don't know. You've met label executives. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn, who hurt you, Nate? <laughs> I love my homies no, at I'm the joking, label. I'm joking, I'm joking. I was going to say film executives, but that, you know. Got him. Got him. <laughs> Last question. Other question around. Uh, what are you looking forward to? My future. That's fun. And like the friends who I haven't met yet. Nice. Like meeting them. That's really good. Like there's so many people who you're going to love that you haven't even met yet. For a long time. I mean, it was like a, a revelation I had. 
uh, on an acid trip once, which is that like you're gonna meet people and love people and lose people that you haven't met yet. Like you're gonna have all these. You're gonna strong, mourn people. Yeah. Hopefully not, but you're gonna have these strong you emotions. You probably will. Yeah, for people that you that you haven't met yet. Like your life is so changeable, mm-hmm. so capable of being changed by strangers. You know that will enter your life later on. You know. Yeah, I love that song. It's strange. Do you know that song? It goes like, isn't it strange how people can change from strangers, strangers to, to friends, friends, friends into lovers, lovers, lovers and strangers and again. again? Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. that by again? I can't remember her name, but her voice is incredible. That was a song I found on TikTok too. Strange by Celeste. That's what I was going Celeste. to say, but nice. I just nice. didn't say it. What um, are your favorite TikTok song finds? Flipping the switch, asking you guys a question. Is she allowed to do that? I don't know. Wow. What are is it fa- breaking oh, all know, the rules? Cause you know, oh, sorry. You know, one of my favorite TikTok song finds actually is is Holy Smokes. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Sick. Holy Smokes by Anna Bates. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I was actually, after Noah found it, cast in the music video for Holy Smokes. And I play Doobie Loving Jesus. Um, so it's great. It's incredible. Obsessed. It's awesome. I'm going to definitely watch that immediately after <laughs> we finish. I mean, I'm really just not on TikTok enough. Actually, I think that the last one I really liked was uh, Maddie Hicks. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over you. You know, that one. That's a good Sick. one. So that's that's a really great one. Yeah. What about you? Strut. Damn, I didn't even think about Minus my strut. answer. Minus strut. Nice. Yeah. That was the only correct answer. It's actually a test. Yeah, I'm going to go now. Strut actually, yeah. no joke, no cap would be on my list. Yeah. yeah good. Up that, I love yeah. that song. But Emmeline... Before we wrap, um, you were talking earlier about about muses and the colors associated with them, and, and because we're friends and because we've we've talked about grief and, and loss, I know that you lost a muse mm-hmm. and someone very close to to a drug overdose. Yeah. And I, you know, we don't have to go into it, especially because one of the things that you and I have talked about that I really appreciate is just like how we process things in our time and the way that, that we process. But I did want to let you know that on top of GLAD, we're also going to include a link to Shatterproof, which is a, um, a national nonprofit for um, handling addiction, destigmatizing addiction and helping people find treatment. And we'll make donations to that in honor of this episode as well. Thank you for doing that. Of course. Um you know, and obviously like yeah. we're here for everything. I don't want to bring the mood down at the very mm-hmm. end, but I I would be remiss if we didn't, I think, in some way just honor um yeah. somebody who who was who seemed incredible and, and was so important to you, you know. Yeah, I mean, and she was really like the reason why I think I stepped into my power. I've posted about her on TikTok, but you know, when we were together, I think like that inspired literally learn to say no I wouldn't have written if she didn't give me permission to you know be able to say no to people and and everything um yeah no she just inspired me like a lot and I know that I feel her spirit like whenever I have any points of success like I feel her pride around me um but yeah I mean it was just it was a tragic accident like and it was fentanyl which so many people are getting killed by and I think it's something that I definitely want to talk about and I've started to write about it so maybe someday like I'll be able to release some music um about it and I I do hope that like I can tie that in with organizations at some point um 
but yeah thank you for of course yeah, we'll, links we'll, down uh, there. we'll start today with uh shatterproof my um yeah uh, and shout I, out girl boy jay that was her artist girl name boy if jay, you guys listen. do want to check out her music she was an incredible artist because they uh released the record posthumously right she released her first record that came out like a week before um she passed away like she just started um releasing music but her first song was not real not here and then i don't want you anymore is my personal fave i think there might be some still coming that her team dropped one yeah. called scene kids um well, everybody, everybody and i'm in the music video that's coming out i think <laughs> so if you guys want to support yeah, well, everybody listen. She's and if you're feeling uh, like donating to Glad or donating to Shatterproof, Shatterproof, uh, my family and my cousin have experience with addiction and have done mm-hmm. a lot of work with Shatterproof as a result. So I, I personally know that they do really excellent work. So, um, yeah, so if everybody's feeling like you're looking to drop a little cash and help some people, um, Glad and Shatterproof, I will include links in the show notes. We'll do uh, the same ourselves, but Emmeline, you are amazing. You have done such an incredible thing that was, I mean, almost feels inevitable. Like you, since we were outside at five in the morning, like we knew, like we knew like, that this is, this is where it was headed. And this is just the start. Like you've got this incredible trajectory, but I'm just, I'm so grateful for our friendship. I'm so grateful for the highs and lows that we've seen together. And so grateful that you're finally here on the podcast. I know. We get to just. I had a moment together. in the middle of this where I was like, "Oh my god, we're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we're here." Yeah. Um. So thank you for for the years of friendship and and the years to come. And thank you thank for being you. here and talking with us. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Mwah. I don't do the walk of shame, my strut. You can suck my dust. We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. We would also like to give a big thank you to Mason Maggio for editing this episode. Thank you for listening and see you next time.